welcome to a special episode of Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie, or I should say Shock Treatment without Mel, but Maddie. And we have uh, two guests with us this evening. We have Billy Coyne and Alexander Hawk. We're going to take... What up? We're gonna take, yeah, we're gonna take this episode in a different direction today. We're gonna talk about the horrors of a little mini series on Netflix that the whole damn world's been talking about, and that show is Carol fucking Baskin. That is true. Carol fucking Baskin, the Tiger King. So, sit down, grab your tigers, pull it up on the couch with you. Pull your gun out of the holster, put it on the table. Get out the anchovy oil, make sure it don't get on your boots. And let's Need dive sardine in. Sardine oil. Sardine oil, kid. Hell and yeah. You know, dive on in. What'd you think of the Tiger King? It is a train wreck. I can't <laughs> turn it away. And I am mesmerized by the insanity of this troop of characters in this world of you know I guess the tiger realm you know I mean uh, Joe Exotic I mean he's just crazy I mean you know the whole troop is you know Carol Baskin um, you know Doc Antle I mean they're they're so they're so as crazy as they are there's a magnetism about this show that has become a phenomenon it's all about the tigers. <laughs> but, it should, it should, but the funny thing is, it should be all about the tigers. But it almost becomes this ego power trip that is just so much fun to watch. That's practically this Hatfield and McCoy bickering back and forth of basically, you know, wanting the best, you know, tiger preserve, you know, that they can possibly have where... I mean, you just have to watch it. I mean, I don't want to divulge too much, but I mean, is it a shit show? Yes. Is it entertaining? Hell, yes. Is it something that we need in a time of crisis? Absolutely. So this is just a great escape. I mean, I think Tiger, I mean, I've watched it three times, but you know, if, if you're ever in need of a something to remedy a crisis, such as this pandemic that we're in right now, it's a great distraction. It's a great distraction. And I think that's the best way to put it. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Carol fucking Baskin. Carol fucking Baskin. <laughs> Alexander, did you act? Did you get a chance to check this out yet? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I watched it. Uh, <laughs> I got to say, it is by far... Um, as, as Billy said, not only is it a train wreck, but it is a beautifully orchestrated train wreck it's it's like it's like the picasso of train wrecks is 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 the the best way to explain it it's uh it it's it's what makes it even so much better is the fact that this is a documentary and it's not just you know just some uh movie with a script and all that if this was a movie then it's like this isn't true the fact that it's a docu-series is what makes it even more fascinating. It's yeah. A, it's such a train wreck that Alex thought he was on one of the first couple movies he did. <laughs> hey, all I have to say is that 
watching it, I know that as soon as the quarantine's over, everything gets back to normal and Hollywood starts running up, it is going to be a Tiger King movie with how much, you know, uh, publicity. I mean, there's, I actually read an article where uh, even during this time, there are people dressing up as Joe Exotic, like going to the Big Cat Rescue and, you know, carrying signs like, Fuck Carol Baskin. Yeah. Carol fucking Baskin. Jesus Christ. Why is it so nice out today? I don't know. I'm Blake. Carol fucking Baskin. <laughs> I mean, you could almost say anything and blame it on Carol Baskin at this point, but you have to say it. Carol fucking Baskin. If he, yeah. Unfortunately, he's in prison right now, or he'd, really, he'd have probably have his own reality show. I mean, he can't even enjoy it, which, you know, I mean, he's getting interviewed. I've seen some of these interviews where it's just basically looking at him through the little slots, like, you know, in the show with his hair finally growing out a little more. And, I mean, it, it sucks that he he essentially did this to himself. I mean, I don't want to divulge too much. But if you watch the trailer, basically what they give away is there's this murder for hire element that just goes completely awry. And it's just, it, I mean, if, if you, I mean, shit, I mean, even though I said that, you know, it's just, the characters are just so insane in this series that you really can't say there is a redeemable character. I mean, if I really had to look for a redeemable character in the show, it would probably have to be uh, Staff and uh, Rinky, uh, the girl with the half arm and the guy with the half legs. But, you know, everyone else were just like true caricature characters bigger than life. And there's so many twists and turns in this thing that, you know, you really just are following along this story of, you know, deception and lies and backstabbing where it's just stuff that makes good TV and it makes it interesting. Actually, you you know what's the funny thing is, before this uh, this docu series came out, um, I uh, watched a uh, John Oliver episode where he was talking about the um, you know the independent runners up. This is back during when Trump and Hillary were running for president, and he did a short little thing on you know Joe Exotic because he actually threw in his hat for. You know, for the presidential race. <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, and I didn't even think about it until I watched the docuseries. I was like, I, I know him from somewhere. And then I, I went back and saw the episode and I was like, hmm. You know, it, it would have been interesting if, if by some miracle he did end up being president. Now, that would have been a real, real interesting situation. Yeah. I mean, should we say, considering how we're talking Tiger King, that there are spoilers, or should we try to be spoil-free? Because, I mean, the show has... Because I, I could talk so yeah. much about it. I mean, I, th I, think I think everybody's dove into it already by now. We can go into spoilers. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I mean I've, I've seen so much memes and stuff like that that I'm pretty sure that now everyone has has seen it or at least have been told about what goes on to it and you know yeah i say i say we just go and and talk about it, have an actual you know conversation about 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 the film okay 
Um, Say again, Alex. I'm sorry. Well, I, I just said that I, I think, you know, uh, if we uh, discuss uh, the docuseries, not, not to worry about spoilers, because I, to be perfectly honest, everyone I've talked to has seen it. And, you know, those who haven't seen it, in my opinion, probably will never see it because they're not interested. So I'll say, yeah. Because we're caring about it. Because black memes are just, you know, completely, I mean, they're, they're hysterical. They're insane, you know. I mean, it's uh, if we're going to a cultural phenomenon. If we're going to attack yeah. this, the best way to do it is to break it down each by each character, <laughs> because otherwise it'll be all over the place. And uh, just like the show was, I mean, that, that's what was, the show was so much madness packed into one thing. It wasn't just about one crazy lunatic. Like, there was, like, ten crazy lunatics within the thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's, it's like how we're introduced to Joe Exotic, and we think he's the most extreme character, and then we're also introduced to Carol fucking Baskin, where, at first, you kind of, like, don't get this, you know, there's this sweetness to it. There yeah. is this, you know, what she's trying to do for the animals, and then how it segues into another episode, and it's like... Yeah, plus, you know, basically her husband also uh, is, is missing. And it's like, whoa. So then going into, I think, episode three, it's like, well, what the hell is this about? And I would just, you know, hearing all these different characters come to the story, whether it's just the people at the zoo, you know, like, um, <clears throat> you know, Rinky and Saf, who are there for the animals. And, and that's what, you know, I think where the show loses the point is – they lose the fact where they're supposed to be protecting these animals, the integrity for these animals. And those two at the zoo, to me, are the most redeemable characters where everyone else is so insane with their own modus operandi. Say if it's, you know, like Doc Antle, you know. I mean, another character who is just, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, he's almost like this cult leader, you know, basically taking all these young women in, you know, that are just little virgins practically well, and I, I i i don't want to interrupt but i do want to uh, uh just jump in since you brought up the cult leader aspect of it the thing is if you think about it all three of them are cult leaders well yeah no so, i agree i mean because there's doc and his troop there's um uh, Joe and his eccentric troop and even and Carol and all these yeah you know volunteers you know so it's interesting how they're basically almost like some people are talking about the concept of cults, but you know, you, the doc he wanted to could basically say, well, there's Joe and his cult, and then, but it's it's how we're the third party watching this, you know, being like, okay, well, this guy has, you know, he doesn't hit, you know, this way with his, you know, folks, this other guy does it his way with his system, and it's like, well, who are we to say who's more extreme than the other? Because I mean, they both have, you know, multiple, you know, partners and lovers. You know, or you know, husbands, and it's um, you know, it's just unique. It's, it's almost proving that this whole cat culture are some of the most unique individuals. Where with their own beliefs and ideals, they're—I mean—they're not doing mean or malicious things, but their ways could just definitely be perceived as being extreme. <clears throat> but they, that's how they live their lives, and it's just interesting watching it from the third party being like. These people are fucking nuts. But, you know, <laughs> was, uh, that's how we are. 
you know, really? with our perception of what's normal. I mean, didn't you work with nothing one of those? Didn't you work with one of those? Okay. Ti- didn't you work with one of those tiger people? One of the people that um, trained the tigers there, took care of them, fed them. Well, I mean, I've I've worked with a few clowns in my life, uh, no pun intended. Um, I mean, I've worked with some actors that have actually been part of like the Barnum and Bailey Circus, you know, doing like some short films. That their names escape me at the moment, and wasn't we even uh, have a few. Wasn't William huh? wasn't William Ayers one of the wasn't he the guy that had to go to court to uh, tell him about tell the court about Joe killing those tigers? No, I, I, I'm not sure. No, I don't I know. Thought, I thought it wasn't. Um, yeah, the, so the cult aspect. We're just going to turn this whole episode into <laughs> um, Tiger King episode. <clears throat> Well, yeah, I mean, you know, in which some is, ways we're giving the public what they want. Which is cool, yeah. The public is so ingrained by this. I mean, it's funny because Netflix, I'm discovering Netflix, has a lot of great crime series because that's what this falls under. It's, it's a crime docudrama. Mm. But before this, I actually discovered Don't Fuck With Cats. Oh, I checked. I've I seen that too. That was a weird that was That was so different, way more intense and... It's just there's a mean spiritedness and a cruelty factor that you have to get past because it's about this killer where unfortunately he starts with animals and makes his way up to you know a, 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 a human and we talking about Alex. You know, I just, huh? We talking about Alex Sox? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about Alex Sox's uh, basically his uh, his form of love. He, he, he loves small animals before he could love something, you know, even bigger. You know, he's talking In my case, to be perfectly honest, I'm more likely to uh, start with the, the human animal over the uh, the, the, the uh, small animal variety. I love those things. I never took you for an animal guy, Hawk. I do love animals. They taste great with ketchup. Wow. So basically... <laughs> Oh, so, you make it sound like you fuck them and then eat them. You are the Jeffrey Dahmer of that realm. Good for you. You gotta have goals and set aspirations. So, do you guys, do you guys think Joe Exotic actually wanted put out a hit on her, or you think that was just that that other dude who who seemed like a, a scumbag? The fuck the the guy, the, like the sixty year old guy that dressed like a. 18-year-old yeah, Rob, ultimate fighter. That, that fucking Rob Lowe, or whatever his name is. That Lowe, yeah. Jeff, Jeff Lowe, yeah. I think. No, I mean, he just has dirtbag written all oh. over him. Well, they had, yeah. that, they had that audio of him, him talking to that, uh, like, hillbilly dude, uh, telling him how they were going to screw Joe over. That's why I don't know why. I don't know how, how well... That, Joe seems like a very uh, unstable person to begin with. That's why he's probably well, yeah, no, in prison. I mean, no, but Joe definitely does seem like he is uh, a loose screw. But th- there was some rumor and speculation. I, I, I followed some, I watched some other videos where it's, I mean, from what I've been able to piece together, it almost seems like this guy, Pablo, kind of came in to 
Jeff almost sabotage Joe from the sound of it, where there was possibly some contact with Carol Baskin saying, please come in and discredit this guy because he's already a nut. And that is one rumor that they are talking about. In fact, I just read today, I'm not sure how credible this is, but I am, I'm actually believing it myself, where they're saying next week they're possibly releasing another episode for Tiger King. And I just read, the, and I just read this today. I just read this a few hours ago. But people are just infatuated with the insanity of the show. But you know, Rob Lowe, I, 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 or Rod, or whatever the hell is his name. I is. think it's um, Jeff, the fifty-year-old guy that, that dresses like a twenty-year-old. I think it was Jeff. You know, I think it was Jeff Lowe. Maybe it's Jeff Lowe. Yeah, but you know, even like this, these other characters, like uh, you know, the guy who's with him, Alan. Uh, I mean, he almost looks like a cracked out Jason Statham that's, you know, been <laughs> basically hiding out in some hostel for the past, you know, 30 years. I mean, this guy is just, I mean, at least he came clean, you know, with the whole situation. He's like, yeah, no. He's like, you know, that bastard was going to give me $5,000 to lack or anything. Yeah, yeah, but he he only had 3000 He only had 3000 So, so, so I, I was going to go, and then, you know what, uh, I saw a strip club. So I thought, I'd, I'd go there and, you know, and, and, and go screw him, screw him. Now you got to be careful with your volume talk because you're blowing it out a little bit. I don't know why. Oh, sorry. I don't know why yours, your your phone's a little louder than other people's, but it is. But um, I mean, but I mean, Tiger King, the insanity that, dude, that is that hillbilly dude like admitted to. Which crazy? He like admitted to it. He admitted to like taking the money to do it, but nothing happened with him. And I bet if they opened up that dude's record, you would have, you would, there would be like hits for hire on his fucking thing. I love when he was crying in the bathtub at the end. Cause, like, oh my god, that bathtub scene! I he mean, was unfairly I've seen treated or whatever. Oh, that picture! I mean, it's just how the hell can you convince someone? It's like the director is saying, "Okay, you know what? Why don't you get in this bathtub? We're going to interview you here." It's almost like when they said to. Joe's husband, John. It's like, you know what? Why don't you just have no shirt on the whole time and we'll just interview you? And apparently that John Finley guy was like, well, I know I did it, but it's like, I really don't like how they're perceiving me. It's just like walking around with no shirt on. And he got all his teeth fixed and he looks great. But it's just yes. such a 180 how the directors kind of made him look on the show. Well, that's what they, that's what they do. They want, you know, the I think they knew what they, yeah, why well, they knew what they're doing. It's one of those things where they're, they're all like hardcore white trash to the nth degree, and that they just they. I don't think I think they just seen themselves for the first time and been like, oh shit, that's what I am. Fuck. But yeah, like I bet that dude had no shirt on when they showed up. I bet you know they didn't pull his teeth for the show. You know what I mean? Those motherfuckers, no, but that's, they're out of there. But that's, that's just what tigers and meth will do to you. They'll just lose your teeth, and it looks like Joe had been feeding him a lot of meth. I mean, well, there's no way to cut it. Meth mouth is meth mouth. And, I mean, it, it, it's difficult. It's hard watching him, but thankfully, you know, he, he is. I mean, it sounds like, the, I mean, 
John Finley seems like a real nice guy, but just the way they depicted him, um, I could understand if he definitely had umbrage and being able to, you know, yes, he does wear shirts, but also being able to get his teeth fixed. I mean, he's he's done a lot, you know, and I, cause I've also been watching a lot of those David Spade um, high, low interviews or whatever they are, and a lot of the cast and crew have come on to his show. Uh, I Rick Kirkham, the um, the TV producer, uh, Saf, uh, I, I watched yeah. her. So I've been trying to keep up with, you know, the other interviews that are going on with these characters from, from the show. Well, I, I left, I was on, uh, I wrote a comment on Spade's Instagram I, to see if Joe Dirt was inspired by Joe Exotic because they were like the same dude. But let's uh, let's let's finish up um, our, all of our opinions on Joe Exotic, and then we'll move to another character. Because I think that's really the, I think that's really the best way to do it, and we could go on for ages about everybody. Everybody, the only two normal yeah. people, like Billy said, the only two normal people were the people missing limbs. You know, it must, <laughs> yeah. it must be something yeah. about losing a limb that makes you sane. I don't know what it is. Well, it's being, uh, you know, almost close to death and, and giving uh, the, the uh, death a little piece of yourself probably, you know, brings you a little back to reality. Yeah. But, but those two, they, they truly gave themselves, they were there for the animals more than anything yeah. else. And, and that's what makes them redeemable, you yeah. know. Well, with Joe Exotic, I mean, he's in there for 22 years and he only went in maybe a couple of years ago. They'll probably let him out. Uh, like I said, it was starting to say before, like it was interesting because you got that Jeff Lowe dude on tape talking about how they were going to try and fuck him out of that, out of the, the zoo. And then you also had that like Chucky looking guy um, talking about how, talking about how when Jeff. I couldn't stand that guy. Oh my God. Just, for some odd reason, the second I saw that red-headed fat fuck, he's uh, just the type of guy you knew you couldn't trust. Yeah, Something about him, I just wouldn't even tell him anything. What the hell? Garrison, that Garrison guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, to me, he's just, he, he has unscrupulous written all over him. I would never trust a redhead with that fine and hair. Never. On a personal level. Nick Childs has a 12-gauge shotgun he wants to talk to you about. That red-haired <laughs> dude, though, but that red-haired well, dude. I, I, actually, you know what? Nick Charles has curly hair, so his hair is redeemable. Is but this guy has no redeemable quality whatsoever. So, so I just, what, yeah, so anyway, so back, back to what I was saying real quick, because I'm a big, big <laughs> radio hog. Yeah, go ahead. And, the, um, I'm sorry. No, the Chucky dude, there was a part during the during the, the documentary where the Chucky guy even says, when Jeff Lowe was talking about putting a hit out on her, that Joe Exotic was in the back room not even knowing what they were talking about. So out of those two pieces of audio... All he needs to do is get like a decent lawyer and he, he'll be out because that redhead dude was pretty much the dude to put him away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I felt yeah. bad. For, I felt bad for Joe Exotic because, you know, he was like, a, he had a goal. As filmmakers, we can almost relate a little bit because we have this impossible goal we're trying to do and we invite, you know, these other people in that we got to kind of. 
you got to put your faith in and they got to all work with you for the common goal and um you know sometimes they you know sometimes they sometimes you know they don't really care about uh helping the zoo out they just want an imdb credit you know what i mean so know about that. So like, so like, I, I, well, I just felt bad that at the end everybody kind of turned on him. Like nobody, like all those people that he kind of gave shelter to. Granted, he did go and find crackheads and people that just got out of prison, living on the street, to work for him for like twenty bucks a day or whatever it was, you know. But you know, they, they still no one was there for him. No like, one was there for of, him. And all those people and. That was really sad because it just, it's like, it, it, it kind of shows how Joe put himself in a position where no one would, he would even be on his side, where everyone basically, I don't want to say turn their back, but, you know, they, well, yeah, actually in some ways they did. They just. No, they all turned their back and none of them had any issue they beforehand. Did. They all loved living there. It was great. They were enjoying playing the Tigers and doing the damn thing, being a big culty family. <laughs> And as soon as even even uh, even the dude with no teeth man was eat, soaking it up and acting like he was all about being there, and then as soon as shit hit the fan, man, they all kind of scrambled and ratted him out. And at the end of the day, dude, I'm not even a hundred percent sure that he put that hit out. But uh, th- those people ratted on him, and, and if you rewatch it, I watched it twice. There's certain people that t- that said, hey. They were starting to question me about my involvement, and they said, like the dude that was helping him run for governor or whatever was like, they said you could either be on Team Joe or be on Team Government or whatever. And yeah, and, and, and at that point, like nobody <laughs> wants to be. At that point, they're like afraid that they're going to be having to go to prison, so they all jump ship like fucking rats. It was sad yeah. that. That's like an underlining part of that doc that I don't think anybody really looked at is the fact that like, yeah, he might no not loyalty. Have been, yeah, no loyalty. He might not have been, you know, the smartest dude. You know, he seemed ultra friendly. I mean, from all well, the I, fact I, that they shot I, all, I feel, the fact that they I, shot twenty four hours a day the, and all the only footage was, they had of him being crazy and mean to people was like very little. Then. And I think when he was being crazy to people, that's when he thought he was doing that reality show thing. So I think he beefed up the dickhead. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is that I think what kind of happened was that uh, Joey's exotic kind of uh, forgot where, you know, he as a person was and the character, the persona he was putting up, uh, you know, ended and all that. Right. I think that kind of blended in. I mean, I saw a little bit of an interview that uh, Stephen Colbert did with him, like, uh, within the last few uh, few days. And um, listening to him, he, like, he really ups the, you know, Oklahoma white trash, you know, kind of, you know, talk and debate him. But, you know, at times it was hard to understand him because, you know, he was, like, really putting it on thick. And I, I think that, you know, especially with how the docu-series has kind of taken a life of its own, that, you know, uh, I, th- I think that the fear, uh, uh, my fear for him is that he's going to probably, you know, kind of uh, 
embrace that character that he's kind of, you know, I mean, like the whole like uh, fucking Carol Baskin thing. I think that's more or less like his persona he was using to try to bring people in more than anything else. Well, it's funny. I mean, it's very entertaining. Yeah, yeah I agree Matt, with you, Matt, 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 Matt. I, I actually have a question for you, Maddie. Okay. So, how much do you think Robert Kirkham was channeling Richard Stanley? Wearing that hat and constantly having a cigarette. <laughs> uh, too much. He was like a mix between Richard Stanley and the official cigarette smoking man from the X Files. And he he was yeah, a guy. No, I but, didn't like him. I'll no, be honest just, with you. I, I, I know I'm jumping ship. And kind no, of no, that's cool. Here, but we can like, switch over you know, to that. Kirk, the, 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 the reality producer that was on the show. I mean, the second I saw him, I immediately thought Richard Stanley. Just has that the same style cap in yeah. in the, the cigarette, and it looks like he's in Norway or something like that, just trying to escape everything. I found him very unlikable. I don't know about you guys. Oh yeah, yeah. I, to me, he just. To me, I've worked with some producers like that in the past, and you know, it's just good, bad, or indifferent. You know, they're there for just you know the product and making what they can and. When it's done over with, then that's great. But, you know, some producers can be true hard asses. Um, as a person, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he could, I'm not, I mean, I would hope he's a decent guy, but as a producer, he definitely, you know, felt like, you know, just, you know, fucking film everything, film everything, you film seem everything. very fake. It seems, seems like, like with the mentality of filming everything, I wouldn't be surprised if they, well, it sounds like they were actually filming stuff that would have brought Joe down where the supposed stuff of, like, you know, feeding animals to the tigers. Uh, well, that's which, uh, okay, I'd say. I don't think that would be. It, it, when, you know, they're in a, I where were they, from, Oklahoma? I don't They're in Oklahoma. So, so it's like if, you know, like, I mean, that whole concept of, like, you know, the whole Walmart thing, you know, with, you know, the spoiled meats and mm. stuff like that. I mean... Yeah, that's a little scary, you know, hearing that. But, you know, hearing how they get, like, you know, roadkill, you know. Or even well, if someone scarier. has, like, a horse they can't take care of anymore. I think that, I think that. I was like, well, you know, I, I'll bring it out to the pasture and I'll take care of it for you. And either way, I mean, if any animals coming in that gets tiger sanctuary, you know. I mean, animals got to eat. And, you know, footage can make them look bad. Footage can make them look good. So, you know, that's the thing about Joe that's so interesting is he's a character where he's kind of this hero that we first perceive that's, you know, a little weird and bizarre. But, you know, like I said, no one's really innocent in this. I mean, you know, um, Jack and Rinky are just the only redeemable characters because they're, they were there for the animals more than anything else. Everyone else just had their own objective where it just became this power struggle. You know, truly, the, this whole Hatfield-McCoy mentality. And because Carol Baskin has all this money and basically thinks difficult for everyone, you know, she's able to do what she can, where she truly wants to be the ringleader. But, I don't know. I mean, well, it's just, to go, uh, to if go, you haven't seen it, considering we have talked talk so much about it, owe it to yourself and just check out the insanity that is Tiger King. Well, to go back to the Walmart food thing, it's scarier that that 
the people were eating that food, and even scarier that he would the pizza that he started making had that food in it more so than the animals. And like I, where I was going with that whole thing is like if you're in a, I feel like if you're in a place where you can openly carry around a gun wherever you want, and you can shoot it in the air where whenever you want, and it's not an issue. I I feel like the people that uh, feel that that would be completely fine are the same people that wouldn't have issue with them throwing a horse into the lion pit or into the tiger pit for it to get eaten up. Cause that's just kind of, that's just kind of the circle of life in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And, and that's the funny thing. I think that's where uh, fans and viewers of the show can differentiate between, you know, the vicious circle that is life and the people like, well, how dare you feed an animal to another animal? And that's where, you know, you're going to have people like, you know, Carol Baskin and, you know, PETA basically, saying it's unethical but you know it's part of life you know i mean the better and different you know it's uh you know if you have lions and you have to feed them you know then of course you're not going to feed them people unless if you're carol ba- carol carol <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh, um, only she can get away with that yeah yeah so but, what was your take on carol baskin she seemed i've met a few psychopaths in my day that are completely she delusional and psychopath, and she also, as far as I'm concerned, can be cousins with Hillary Clinton. Well, um, political. She looks like Hillary Clinton to me. She looks like Hillary off her meds. When I, <laughs> when me and Mike Calvin worked at a wedding company, when we when 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 we first met, um, Chase actually worked there too, and that's kind of the the home. The, the, the soil that DJ Stan the Man grew from, a film that all three of us worked on, for anybody out there that don't know. Um, there was a lady that worked at that place that did um, assisted a photographer, I think. And she was Carol Baskin. Like, in, like not, not literally, but she was the same exact type. She was that always smiling... That goofy smile, even when you knew she was super pissed, she had that goofy smile going that was just like... You, you, I had a secret to hide. You know, there's secrets to hide, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was her thing. Is Carol Baskin's whole deal is she's going to create this super nice image so people never question the dark side. And I almost... When, when, when he, I start looking for the bodies. Exactly. Under the sewage. Actually, you know what? I want to give a shout out to my buddy Diane Dementel. Carol fucking Baskin, because she just can't stop sharing all the memes. And so can I. I mean, you know, the thing about, you know, social media is the memes are just so fucking funny. Not just for him, but like the ones for her. And now I'm seeing memes come out with Doc Antle. You know, and it's just. It's just insane how big this show has just, you know, taken off and just, I mean, Carol, but no, as far as I'm concerned, no one knew who Carol Baskin was probably a few months ago. And now she's practically a household name. For all, for all the wrong reasons. And if Diane hits you up and says, thank you for that shout out, I'll buy you a Coke because I don't think she listens to the show. Yeah, um, no, I'll, uh. I'll forward it along. I know you'll, you'll have to you'll she, have to be honest engine on that one, Billy. Um, but yeah, he's a Carol Baskin's husband's under the sewage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he. Apparently, he probably got eaten. What what happens to the bones? Moves. You know, I love how Joe Exotic's like. 
Well, Jesus Christ, you can see the goddamn whole church to the tiger. The bones will dissolve on it in all. And it's like, hmm, but still there would be remains. And it's like, well, shit, whatever. I mean, tear a fucking desk and whatever the bones may be. If there's any left, then probably put them under the fucking you know, septic tank. But the thing that just makes me laugh the most yeah. about the whole Carol Baskin thing is the will. Where if it says, if I die, where it also is changed up to, you know, upon my disappearance. And she had a or, weird, before she met that the, husband. I forget what the actual verbiage is. But it's just, yeah, upon my disappearance. Yeah. It, it's not the regular verbiage that would be in a will. It's just, the whole situation is just so fucked up. And it's just so much fun of a train wreck to watch and imagine and be like, did this crazy bitch really feed her husband to the tiger? She came from... Hard times before meeting that husband, too, if I remember correctly. Which shows yeah. certain yeah. people that come from hard times, like that she probably came from, I feel, are more like yeah, there's anger within them that, but they always have to be happy all the time. So, like, that every, that, and you know, like the lawyer, his lawyer said he, he was going to divorce her. Like a divorce was coming and her free ride was about to be over. She was going to lose all her tigers and, all her good living, and I think that when she found that out, I think, you know, she snapped, and that the evil within, just like the the film that Bill Coyne worked on, um, that popped off, and she she killed her husband. Now, I don't know if any of you guys remember this from the documentary, which I thought was very interesting, is when um, when the tigers attack Joe, uh, and, and when he's in the cage doing his thing, and they start biting at his boot, do you know the scene I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, oh, that. Oh, yeah. There's, well, uh, do, let me finish, bro. Perfume, you could do perfume, or you could do sardine oil, and apparently you'll get a reaction out of them. Well, no, she yeah, goes... She, she, she said that, like, I think uh, right with sardine after. oil, that, that's the way to get, uh, get the tiger to attack you. But if it's perfume, uh, they just nuzzle your feet or something like that. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting touch in, in, in the documentary. Yeah, I mean, it's just, the documentary is just bizarre. But it was. Just, I, I, I wonder if there will be more it, episodes, it, like you said, it's, Bill. It's, it's a fascinating so. train wreck. I mean, it's just an entertaining, you know, I mean, I love the fact that there's like seven or eight episodes. So, you know, I mean, it's, you could, you could, it's a great escape for a day if you need it. <laughs> I've watched it twice. I've watched it three times. Three times. Yeah, it's interesting. Now I'm on to the um, the drug scandal miniseries. That's what I'm watching. We just finished that the other night. Yeah, I saw your post about that. What is it, like some drug scandal in like New England or something? Uh, or? I don't quite know the full. I only want, I watched the first two episodes and let Hawk do the, second, the last two episodes for me. Okay. Actually, uh... Kind of getting slightly off subject. Have you guys yeah. been binge watching anything else? I've been binging alcohol nonstop. Good for you. I got to chase the heroin how about, away. How about you, Hawk? Have you been watching anything? I've uh, watched a few things. Uh, I watched um, a Molly's Game today. That's a really good movie. Doesn't recommend checking that out. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's a movie based on a real situation with uh, 
uh, this uh, woman who um, did these uh, poker games with like uh, famous people, and uh, she got uh, roped into uh, being connected with the Russian mob. It's actually really good. Uh, Idris Elba plays her uh, lawyer. It's a really good movie. I like the, the what's, what's the title again? Uh, Molly's Game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just watched it today. It's really good. Hmm. How about you, Maddie? Uh, other than the, the drug um, doc, have you been watching anything else? Um, I've been watching, I've been watching some old school pay-per-views on the WWE network. Oh, that's from cool. the, from the nineties. Nineties um, wrestling. Nineties yes. wrestling kid. I'm all about it. Tonight's WrestleMania. That's free too, but I didn't watch it. I don't really like the newer wrestling. I like the older wrestling more so. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, whenever I think wrestling, I think when I was a kid. When I I wasn't too much into wrestling, but I, I I knew the names. I mean, of course, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage. I remember when like Yokozuna kind of came in, and um, I thought it was interesting. I didn't realize Yokozuna is also related to The Rock. The uh, have you ever heard of the Dark Side of Wrestling on Vice? Is that Show. a documentary? It's like a documentary. It shows. It's like a TV show, but every each one's a different like kind of documentary on a wrestler or a situation. I binge watched them yeah, recently. No, yeah, I, I've never heard of it, but I'm actually interested. You like you were you a wrestling fan, Bill? From back Do in like the day, you, were you a wrestling fan back in the day? I really wasn't, but a lot of my friends were, and yeah. I tried getting into it, but I just like it just didn't appeal to me. I mean, I, I tried, I made an attempt, but you know, I, mean, I, I know who, you know like some of the names, but I, I was never one of those guys that just, or one of those kids that just talked, you know, eat, sleep, and breathe wrestling. I went to school with a lot of those kids. Me, I didn't. I was more of just the quiet introverted to a degree and I was already into, you know, um, horror and killer toys where I was just so specific. I really didn't want to just get into, you know, I mean, everyone was into wrestling. Me, I just wasn't. And I just preferred my horror movies and killer toys. Hawk, you never got into wrestling, right? Uh, no, wrestling, uh, I never really got into that. Uh, some people I knew were into it, but, uh, I mean, other than Andre the Giant and uh, Princess Bride, that was as close to wrestling as I got. Yeah, oh, I got to learn how to do a good Andre. I'd like to learn to learn some impressions to bring to the shows. When when are we going to see another Boombasticast episode, Alex? Since you're a member of the show. <laughs> well, I don't know. We got to figure out um, uh, Zoom or something along those lines so we can do it uh, social distancing uh, way. I know, because you're around all those sick people 24-7 almost. Hey, listen, I wish I did not have to do that. Me too. I worry, uh, I worry about you, man. You know I love you. Well, if you could, you guys could just probably Skype it, and you could probably upload it, you know. Skype's good. Yeah. I, we've tried Skype before, and it's kind of 
flaky. I'm not a big fan yeah. of Skype. We tried doing Zoom the other day, and I don't think we had any any real success with it. The closest thing that I've seen that I like is um, Instagram. When you do Instagram Live, you get the you still get the fifty fifty video uh, or, the, or the picture rather. Those other ones we tried Zoom and. We had one big picture and one really small picture. I'd like to try and get 50-50 going. Um, yeah, I actually did a Facebook Live video a few nights ago, I, and I noticed like my connection was just going in and out, in and, my, and out. Yeah. And when I posted it, I'm like, okay, this is cool. And then it's like, oh, shit. You know, it's just like, why don't I post this? I mean, I said what I was able to say, but... <clears throat> Mm-hmm. I allowed myself a few seconds because I, I think it depends. Because, I mean, I'm in my basement a lot. I've heard And that. so down here, sometimes the reception can be a little difficult. But, yeah. You know, but there's just so many different platforms now for video, you know. And now we have with this corona thing going on, you know, it's like, you know, it's, you can either talk to your friends or you can video chat with your friends. I mean, you know, people are really taking a social distancing thing seriously and some people aren't and people that are the people that you are in contact with you know i mean it's just nice to just check in on people and see how they're doing you know hopefully everyone is doing well i mean i just i don't know i mean this this time that we're in right now it's just uh you know i mean this just feels like there's a certain amount of uncertainty you know i think there's a lot of you know people that are nervous you know i think there's a slight sense of panic where we're trying to hold it together and it's i think frustrating of just saying to ourselves you know how long is this going to last and hopefully by the time we do play this within a short period of time we will be out of the situation that we are in right now um I'm not trying to sound like a downer in any way. You're making, you know, you're making just, me sad, though. No, but it's just it's just interesting this uh, you know state that we're in right now. I mean, thankfully, you know, people have been binging, you know, and people, you know, are able to do what they need to do in order to, you know, keep their sanity. And I just feel like this time we're in right now is definitely a very trying time. But just you know, hope everyone can just you know. Be excellent to each other and just. What are you? On. Who are you, Bill and Ted? You built the you, Ted Theodore Logan and Bill Bill Esquire. Remember, remember well, Billy fucking coin basically is you know saying. You're making me sad, so. Bill. You're making me want to be Travis from Tiger King. Okay, what's going <laughs> on here? Let's go oh, back. Oh, why and, you want to be Travis? You, you want to? What's up with Joe and all these? You want to be my little boy toy? <laughs> What's up with Joe Exotic with all these decent-looking dudes? That's what methamphetamines does. Apparently, it just seems like Joe Exotic just likes to get, you know, straight guys on meth and marry them. He. What's funny is I'm not a gay gentleman. Uh, you know, we have plenty of pals that are gay, but um, I can definitely I'm, I'm comfortable in my heterosexual Adelaide Babu to be able to say that all those. All the dudes that, well, well, not your boy Finley there with those teeth, but before he lost his teeth, he was probably a good-looking dude. Um, Travis, a good-looking dude. The kid that came after Travis blew his fucking head off, a good-looking dude. Um, 
It's weird. But they man. haven't even talked about or even divulged how his ex husband is also um, arrested for homicide. Which one? Joe's? Joe, Joe Exotic has a husband that they haven't even talked about. Oh, really? Who, who was a murderer. So, um, or, or, or he was convicted of homicide. What the story is, I don't know. But there's more. There's way more to this story um, that I think we will be learning about in season two. I apologize for giving that away, but they actually have had um, interviews where they have talked about uh, Joe's um, hmm. ex-husband and hey, what, there is another one so there you, is definitely with this whole season two thing you know how soon it will be or not because they are talking about um, Jeff Lowe um, I said on Cameo in a video that he is filming something he's got um, Cameo already. so that's, that's fucking tragic that dude's got Cameo I think he's the problem I think he was the most evil dude in the whole show um, speaking I agree. Of, I, I, I think I think he's I think he is the main reason why Joe is in jail. I, I, I there's a possible controversy of Carol hiring Jeff to come in to basically discredit Joe, and that's one of the rumors. Um, but the funny thing is, from what we have seen, there is so much speculation that's going on, you know, on YouTube and or even Facebook of. Um, just wanted to know the, the story because the story is so bizarre. I mean, the whole story of Carol, the whole story of Joe, what's going to happen with Doc. Um, apparently, Doc's place was raided in mm -hmm. by the FBI in 2019, uh, December of uh, 2019, so just a few months ago. So it seems like there are so many different developments that are happening, you know, for different people throughout the series that have been documented where hopefully they will maybe come back and uh, entertain us more with uh, telling their sides of the story of how everything has panned out that we have seen already, you know, and I think people definitely want to see more and uh, we want to know more. We're curious. We're intrigued with these people, you know, as crazy as they may be, but it's, um, we love the circus. We love to be entertained. We just want more. What did you guys think of um, Joe Exotic inviting Travis's mother to the fucking the wedding of the new the new guy just so he could turn around and say that she was cool with that everybody else should be? That was I think so that was kind of cold. That was so awkward. Ugh. And she was like the I only person there. That was awful. Yeah, did anybody else realize that she was, like, on fucking heroin, or she was, like, all fucked up, and that, like, you know, respectfully at the wake is gonna be a tough time, but she looked like she was fucking struggling. Like, she was, like, she uh, waited too long before her next dose or something. She was, like... Who are you talking about, Travis's mother? Travis's mother was, like, beyond fucked up throughout that whole thing. Which kind of sadly makes me, she's going to be listening to the show, so I feel bad. But it kind of, I kind, you know, I think that part of his upbringing is probably why he was so fucking lost. And he found this, realistically, it, Joe was like a father figure to him because of the age gap. 
And uh, he brought him in, and the kid probably had, like, a fucking really bad drug problem to begin with, and was just like, yo, come here, come chill, you know, I own I own this zoo. All you come slow. Like, come over the fuck here, and I'll provide you with all the drugs and baby, you know, the little pussy that you need. Pretty make much. you feel like, I want to make you feel good, boy. You let me give you the drugs, and I'll give you the kittens, and let's live together and love each other. And he, I know he was smoking a lot of weed. I wonder if he was smoking that methamphetamines as well, like the other dude. The other dude it, it was, you know, he had. You could tell that he was fucking. His he was destroyed from methamphetamines, smoking that meth up. But um, Joe surprisingly kept it together for somebody that you would think was uh, smoking meth with the other dude, unless it was. Uh, Unless he just kind of kept him stocked, like that other dude just smoked the meth and Joe just fucked him and called it a day. I, mean, I don't know what it is, but it seems like Joe is definitely the type of person when he seems, she definitely seems like a, you know, I mean, she seems definitely genuine to a certain degree. I mean, right. he can't have that front up all the time, 24-7, even though we do see him as crazy as he may come across, but mm-hmm. in his downtime... You know, when he's with his husbands, you know, I mean, good, better, and different. I mean, you know, he loves them. And and when you're in a relationship, you know, of course you love them. You might have different ways of showing how you love them. And, you know, it's just so bizarre because where there is also this, I guess you would say, uh, uh, what's the word, bigamy or um, like having had multiple husbands. When you have polygamy. multiple husbands. Polygamy. Like polygamy. Polygamy, I think, is the name. Yeah. Thanks, so. But, you know, I mean, if, if he's genuine, you know, and he loves them, then, you know, that's great. I mean, it's just so sad how we see, well, of course he lo- you know, Travis, you know, that situation. And, and John basically was just like, you know, I just, I want to move past this. And, you know, but he, but John actually, you know, knocks up um, or impregnates, you know, one of the people that's already working there at the zoo and they run off and, you know, they get married. And, I was waiting know, for you so to actually name her, just, so You know, and the whole thing with Travis, you know, as sad, as tragic as that is, you know. Um, I think some people were saying, like, Joe just really wasn't the same after the whole Travis thing. But, uh, sure he was. you know, it seems like this guy has, within this five-year period of this documentary, there were so many crazy trials and tribulations that, you know, she was dealing with, with, uh, you know, his ego getting up there and basically attacking Carol to, you know, trying to, I mean, it just seems like he was, you know, to be inside the head of Joe Exotic, or I'm trying to remember his real name, Joe, uh, I want to say Pounds, but I know it isn't, wow. but it's just, it has to be a terrifying place. I mean, there are so many different people in this world, and we're all raised up differently. You know, we experience things differently. And, you know, hearing his story and how he was brought up, I mean, there's just a great deal of sadness and there's tragedy that comes with it, you know. But it kind of shapes him to the person that he is. And good, bad, or indifferent, when it comes to good TV, he is good TV. But um, on a personal level, you know, how well do you really get to know someone? I mean, it's only people saying, unless they love or care, but, you know, that's what it is at the end of the day. Um, what do you think? You of guys that? there? I'm here. What yeah. do you think of that wake when he talked about 
Travis putting his balls in his face at the wake. I mean, that was just inappropriate. That was so inappropriate. There was no reason for it. I mean, I just feel that was just, at that point, it was in bad taste. I mean, I know he was trying to be funny, but it's just like, there's nothing, he can't do anything without showmanship. And he needs to realize showmanship is good, but you can't do it 24-7. But if you're at a wake, and God damn it, you should have some fucking respect for yourself. Because I just felt like where that's where I learned I feel Joe Exotic is not a very good person. He, he doesn't have, he can't have the proper respect for his, out of depth to just be quiet and truly mourn where he feels he has to entertain. But that's who he is by nature. You know, an entertainer is an entertainer. And how he channels his frustration, how he channels his grief, it could be through his art. But I think it was very, uh, I, I think it was just in bad taste, you know, talking about, you know, like, you know, having the balls, you know, drape, drape along the face. I mean, there's a time and a place for that. I mean, you know, if you're with your friends, you know, if you're, you know, straight, or gay or whatever. I mean, you know, this is the time and a place for everything. But like at a funeral, with you know, like for the, you know, your mother there, and you know, the whole grieving aspect. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I just feel that part was definitely not put in the greatest light to how we see Joe. <laughs> I heard that Joe. That's not even Joe with that music. With his music video, somebody else does the music. Like sings yeah, it. He lit, he, he I heard that too. I heard it's uh, he's he will he's lip syncing from what I'm hearing, but it sounds like he does have a hand or a shoe in somehow with the bands. So it's just a really weird situation because when you actually watch that scene when he is singing at the um, the funeral, you actually hear his real voice, and it's like he doesn't sound like that, you know, when he's doing his, you know. <laughs> the music video part of it I mean it, it definitely tell it's, it's someone else and I forget their names but there are actually two other people that you know are, that help with Joe in the limelight with uh, the entertainment stuff I forget I forget the recording artist's name but um, that information is pretty easy to find from what I came across on YouTube uh, talking about Joe Exotic and it sounds like it was Carol Baskin who actually uh, put that information out there, saying, like, you know, Joe's a fake, he's a phony, and she actually mentions the names of these people who help him with his uh, music career. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Joe Exotic, you think they'll let him out of prison? Well, I think it's interesting how a lot of people are like, well, you know what, even though you did attempt this murder for hire, and the fact that you basically, you know, euthanize and kill these tigers that, you know, are getting too old, putting them out to the pasture, um, is he a good person? I think it really depends on who you ask. Uh, do I think his sentence is a little excessive? Um I don't know. I mean, if he goes, if he gets out, he just goes back to work doing what he does. But I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's really cool that we learned about Joe Exotic. But you know, I think the more that we watch him, the more we talk about him, we can kind of see, you know, the, the both the good and the bad. And 
it's pretty split where, you know, or, or, or not, you know, depending on, you know, how you look at it, you know, there could be more cons and more pros. Um, but that's for you know, the, the individual to decipher of how they perceive Joe Exotic. Hmm. I mean, what do you think? What do you guys think? Do you, do you like him? Do you I not like him? What do you think of I Joe like Exotic him. I thought from he was... what you've learned through Tiger King? I'll go first. Uh, I liked him. I thought he was a pretty good guy. He did have some downfalls where he was kind of scumbaggy about the whole Travis. A lot to do with that Travis thing was real scummy. Um, uh, the fact where he brought his mother in to like lose all their money and shit I thought that was scummy um, but yeah he's a character I did feel bad for him at certain points um, you know I felt he was a little bit of a victim himself but you know he was also the villain um, do I think they'll let him out I think if he can get a good lawyer I think um, yeah, I think they'll, 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 he could get out early. If what Bill was saying was true about there actually being a, a, a season two, if you will, uh, and more episodes, I could definitely see Netflix fronting for a good lawyer to get him out because how, how, much of, how much of a boom would that be for him to get out of jail? They could film all that and film his comeback to the zoo world. That'd be, that's, that's money in the bank. Um, but if yeah, they could get him out, I could definitely see him. Society kind of could be molded into falling in love with him again, even though you know. But I, you know, like I said, my whole as far as prison goes with him, I think, I think, uh, you know, he might have at the most said, "Hey, you know, I wish she was dead." Like that dude says, they all they all wish she was dead. You know what I mean? It's just a matter of did he actually go as far as to paying someone to kill her, which I don't trust that Jeff Lowe dude. Uh, it's, from the second he came on screen, there's just something about people that dress that way that makes me not trust them. I and, agree. I mean, then, it's like how I feel about, you know, uh, the, the redhead James. I mean, you know, Jeff, I mean, it's funny because, you know, how people present themselves. First, first impressions are, I feel, genuinely important. And how you present yourself into a situation. And when you see someone coming in, you can kind of pick up in certain ways where you can get a vibe off the person. And if you, sometimes you need to trust your vibe. Sometimes you think, like, okay, this person I can get along with. You know, there's something good here. You know, I think I can connect with this person. And sometimes you feel like, I don't know, there's something just... It's a feeling, there's a sensation. I probably just don't, this, this doesn't feel right. You know, mm. this, the way he's conducting himself, the way he presents himself. I'm not saying he has to be the greatest guy in the world, but it's just like his first impressions, how you carry yourself. And, 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 and when you get a perception of someone being unsavory, it, um, it's a double-edged sword. But you have to trust your guy. But there's something about Jeff Lowe that I just did not trust about him either. So I, I, I agree with you. And you're also known by the company you keep. And the first person that, that Jeff Lowe brought into the mix was that, that fucking hillbilly dude. And that hillbilly dude is straight up trouble, dude. I can tell us by looking at him. 
You know what I mean? Like, that that dude was up to fucking no good. And, like, period. Um, so, yeah, I think both of them. You know, and then the, I think that that Jeff Lowe dude is just someone that tries to live the good life. And, you know, he kind of sails back and forth, conning different people into, yeah. you know, it, different things. Rip, yeah, money, right, renting know? that mansion with all those back payments. I mean, it's a facade that, you know as well that we learn i mean it's just you know the the fronts these people have are amazing plus i'm sorry maddie continue no i was good i mean he just seems like they both seem like people that would i'll put it like this jeff and that dude that hillbilly dude are more come off more likely more likely the type of people that would have somebody killed than Joe. Joe seems like a free spirit dude that gets angry and says, I wish she was dead, but that's as far as it would go. But those other dudes seem like people that would actually put in the call and have somebody killed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Plus, actually, Alan, the hillbilly guy, definitely does come across as the type of guy who has killed before, but mm -hmm. he actually has, because I believe he does have a, a teardrop tattoo, yeah. which is, I think, one of those indications in prison that, you know, you have killed. So it was really interesting, even when you see that bit where, it, you know, saying, like, with Jeff Lowe, like, do you think Alan could kill someone? And he's like, well, you know, if the price is right. And I think what those two were feeding stuff into Joe's head that Joe basically was saying to himself, okay, I have this big mouth. I can't stand this woman. Is this a situation, is this situation presenting itself where I can possibly ask a favor? And the fact that he does ask this favor, the fact how it plays out and thankfully it does not work to, I mean, murder is murder. I don't know how cut it, you know. And the fact that he didn't go through with it is a good thing. But murder for hire, I mean, you know, I really don't even know how much something like that would even cost. But he's like, well, yeah, I'll give you $3,000 even though I say five, then I'll come up with the other 10. It's like, I hate to say this, but I'm thinking, like, if you're going to be paying someone to do something like this, you're paying big 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 money i mean you don't ask i will comment that that allen dude should be careful because jeff will turn on him in a second if he thinks he's going to fucking jail too like if jeff thought yeah, he was well, going to jail allen would be thrown under the bus immediately yeah i mean I, there's more to this story that's gonna unfold there just has to be and do you guys remember that, like, there was a part towards the beginning of when, well, actually the first time we were introduced to the Jeff character, um, Joe was on the phone with, that, with, with, with Carol and her husband trying to work it out, and then Jeff stepped in and made the whole thing fucking worse for him. Oh, yeah. So it's, like, I mean, weird. It's yeah, a weird thing, did. yeah. And then the whole thing... Especially with that sentence. Well, yeah. Then when he when he came back and they had that situation when Je Jeff was freaking out in the in the office about how you signed checks, um, when Joe how Joe supposedly signed checks for his campaign, 
that yeah eighty thousand dollars over eighty thousand dollars for his political campaign that he you know stole from jeff well I, I the way he that was such the way that he was dude that jeff dude was acting i know a bad actor when i see one no offense Hawk. um <laughs> the way <laughs> just joking with you Hawk. but the way that that dude was acting i could tell was very fake and the fact that that was being videotaped by either the girlfriend or the camera crew, I feel like he... My guess with that is that Jeff was actually probably stealing money and he was going to... That footage was to to um, tie him, to tie Joe to it because Joe's very... Joe's very, like, laid back and shit. So if, if for him the for that dude to go in there and just yell at him and say, you did this, you did that, you did the other thing, he's not going to stand up and say, no, I didn't. He's just going to sit there and wait for it to blow over. Meanwhile, it's being filmed, so he could blame him for anything. And now it's on film of him not, you know, defending himself on it, so it'll stick if people look at it. You know what I mean? I think think that that Jeff dude was a, a... seasoned criminal when it comes to shit like that. And um, I think he's the bad dude. I think he's the bad guy. That, and if there is a season two, I hope it gets deeper into that because um, I think that Jeff Lowe dude was... Well, I think that he's even more of a villain than Carol Baskin's going to end up being. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he came in yeah. trying. He wanted the zoo. He wants the zoo. That was the whole thing. Hmm? He wants the zoo. That was the whole thing. And he got it at one point. Joe signed it over to him out of fear, I think. Yeah. And then then Jeff was like, well, you know, the zoo is just, you know, the responsibility it is. You know, it just became, I think, overwhelming with the whole stigma of Joe. Mm-hmm. where he just wanted to just wash his hands and, you know, cut ties. And now he's building that facility out in um, Texas, the Texas border, I think. Well, yeah, but then um, he, he screwed that other dude over, too. So that other dude was like, that was that he went in partners with. That was like, remember there was like, there was, there was, there was the dude... The only guy that didn't have multiple wives, you know what I mean? Yeah, the only, uh, the he, only he guy was, that I wasn't a was cult. Stark, I, I think. think it was, yeah. But like he just had his dog, and like I remember, he went fifty-fifty on with uh, Jeff on what the on the on what the, the new zoo, and then Jeff disappeared on him, and he ended up. He had that scene where he was like, "I can't fucking plow all this myself. That dude sucks. Where's he at? He's supposed to be a fifty-fifty partner." And then he he said something about how like like uh, when he sees them they're gonna have an issue type deal, and I think yeah. I think that that's the, that Jeff dude was just a con man like a professional con man jumping around making all these deals with different people sucking the money out of the situations that he can get bankrupting putting the companies out of business putting the people behind bars for shit that he, he orchestrates I think he's just a bad dude and I could tell just by looking at him and the way he dressed. I know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but just the way he dressed, his whole attitude was just scumbag. And, like, he was just trouble. I could tell he was trouble from the get-go. Yeah, I mean, he just, you know, he just has unscrupulous written all over him. Or, if you want to say dirtbag. Dirtbag. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and just... 
the whole cast of just and, and Stark. I mean, that guy. I mean, you know, like as you said, you know, like just plowing, trying to do everything himself. I mean, you know, and then and another one who's just you know no shirt and has a monkey basically hanging on him all the time. And that was fun watching that stuff. But it's like I, I agree with them. It's like you know I would be frustrated too if you're supposed to be fifty fifty partners and he just bails on you and just leaves you with this entire mess. Yeah. So you know he definitely got conned by by love. And I'm just there's so much more to be you know um, unveiled with this whole situation because it's just people like a good story. People like to be, and people are drawn in. You know, we just want to know how the hell is this going to play out? And it just looks like it's, this is going to play out just in such a strange, bizarre way, considering how much bizarre insanity we've already witnessed in the first season. So I'm, I'm really curious of what's to come. What do you guys think of that other guy that... Um... The other blonde guy that worked there, to one that got, he got drunk on his bed with the teddy bear after like. Yeah. The one was like, I don't get, I don't fucking care. Yeah, he was like, how many wives does Doc have? I don't fucking care. Uh, that dude yeah, was uh, was a weirdo too. He was a little too sensitive for his own good. I felt. I think Kurt Cobain is secretly alive, and I think that might be him. Um. <laughs> If Kirk, Cobain, if Kirk Cobain was smoking if, methamphetamines, yeah, I guess so. If Kirk Cobain, if Kirk Cobain was still kicking, he probably changed his identity and he's probably Eric. Um, Eric, I like I, how you know I, all I, the names. I, I think that was his name, Eric. I, I thought it was me. when he had when he had the gas cans with the cigarette. Yeah, I was that I was, was cracking up laughing yeah. because I come from a generation where I have witnessed that with my own eyes. So to me, that's like, okay, I see where this guy is coming from. And, you know, that whole situation, I mean, even like with him on the bed, you know, after the trial, I mean, you could tell he was fucked up. He was on something, you know, the way he just, you know, kind of leaned back, you know, with uh, whatever that stuffed animal was that was also on the bed. That was for sure. I think think that trial just really knocked the shit out of him, you know. I mean, no one likes to go to court if they don't have to. And... The fact that they're all pulled into this federal murder for hire case, like what? So, you know, naturally they all dealt with it differently. And I think for Eric, it was just more of a struggle for him because we do see him, you know, on bed. Just he was on whatever whatever the substance was. I don't know, but you know, you look at um, you know the other people like. Um, Rinky and Zaff, you know, the people who were there for the for these animals and you know, they I, I it's like could they stand by Joe? And it's like, well, Joe Joe's intentions he might have a heart, but you know, at the end of the day, good, bad or indifferent, it's um you know, it's just it's it's a shame that he is in the slammer and he can enjoy this. But there are repercussions, and I think this is a fair repercussion of him not being able to enjoy the celebrity that he should be enjoying. Um, no guilt or n- n- no um, no deed goes no good 
no deed goes unpunished, what good, bad, good or bad. Yeah. And with what Joe has done, I think he should and is dealing with the ramifications where he wanted to be famous so much. Now he is, and he can't enjoy it. And I think this is a very fair punishment to fit part of the crime. Do I think he deserves to be in jail forever? No. But I think he needs to realize that he really set the ball in motion of doing something that unfortunately bit him in the ass. And this whole thing with uh, the Tigers and taking them out and putting them down, you know, it's sad. I mean, I imagine he doesn't enjoy it. You know, I mean, there are times he probably does enjoy, you know, shooting something. But for the Tigers, I, I would imagine he probably got no joy out of it. Well, I didn't that euthanasia thing. I didn't. I was. I didn't hold that really against Joe because, realistically, at the end of the day, like that's better for the animal. You know, is you gotta let it. So, you know, granted, if that was just an excuse or if it was reality, but if they were really suffering, then that's the most humane thing to do. Yeah, but the thing is, the question is, are these animals really suffering, or is it the fact that they become? We, we can't pet them anymore. They're, they've gotten too big. They're just, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're just another bill. You know, I mean, does, does it come to that? Or does it actually come to the point where this animal is sick? I can't do anything for it. I don't want to do this, but I'm in a position where I have to. And well, if you have to put the animal down, unfortunately, then you have to put the animal down. It was, I think, what, uh, three, three tigers, right? And I, I believe that's how he felt with the tigers, but some of the no, stuff no, like that there was three of them. Documented there was like three of them, right? It could have been used against him, supposedly, with that whole footage well, being look, burned up. I mean, that leads another series of questions. You know, well, there was what three? Why was three tigers that were killed, right, or something like that that were euthanized? It was. It, it, it was uh, attached to, I believe, the crocodile and alligator. Uh, no, no, uh, no, no, no. The, the tigers that were killed. There was like three tigers euthanized. Yeah, four tigers. I think uh, he supposedly uh, killed. All right. Now I, 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 I ask you guys a question was, about this. Five and seven, I think. Well, I ask you a question. I think it was. I, th- I thought it was like three. I'd have to rewatch it. But think about this. Do you think those tigers could have been the tigers that attacked him in the cage? Because realistically, if they're going to attack him, they can't be trusted around people anymore. Well, yeah. I mean, there is that whole thing where if an animal does attack, well, he do it again. And I, yes, there have been situations where they might have to put the animal down if it does attack. Right. Um, but there's also the circumstances of these animals, you know, getting older. Um you know, how to, if they do get sick, what's the best course of action? Because, you know, yes, I mean, they do have their vets to come out and tend to these animals if they are hurt or injured or something. But, you know, it, it probably has to be pretty drastic to a point where if you have to euthanize the animal where you know they are in pain, mm-hmm. if, if that's the situation, then, you know, it's sad. And, 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 and you know, if he's trying to basically just like sweep all this stuff under the rug, Joe, meeting Joe, um, you know, I mean, th- things will get, you know, um, 
brought to the forefront eventually. And unfortunately, they did when they leveled the uh, zoo and just started bulldozing everything. And that's when they discovered all of these um, uh, bodies of corpses, not corpses, corpses are human, but, but these bodies of these animals that were put down. Um, you know, and, and that was used to build to build uh, the case against Joe, where they already had this flimsy murder for hire. But when they attached the animal stuff, then that really beefed uh, his case up. Where unfortunately, it, it just did not work in you know uh, Joe's favor. Yeah, I I'd have to know more about what was uh, euthanized. And to go back to what you were saying about the the studio burning up with uh, the crocodiles or the alligators in there, uh, what do you do? You think that was Joe? I know they had that footage of the guy walking away, and he had that kind of Bigfoot well, walk. The, the to footage him. of the guy walking away. They're saying possibly it could have been Rick Kirkman. I mean, you know, for a producer a to him. basically burn. Um, a few years worth of footage of his own stuff um, makes no sense to me. Um, because he, it sounds like Kirkman could have gotten a really good paycheck because he was already talking to a network that it looks like he was, you know, about to sell Joe. And even though there was that confrontation between Kirkman and Rich saying, listen, you know, it's like, you know, I own you. I mean, I own the show. But, you know, I, he's probably, I mean, I've heard that. I've heard conversations similar to this before mm-hmm. where it's like, listen, it's like, yeah, I do own this, but it's like, you know, I am basically putting, you know, I put my ass on the line filming all this stuff for you and I'm not going to get a buck out of it. Yeah. But in turn, you're also going to get a buck out of it too. So, you know, the way the verbiage, how Kirkman was probably, you know, if it was, if it was threatening him, if it was basically saying, you know, like, listen, you can't do anything, whatever the situation is, but Kirkman, with that footage, it does look like him, but, you know, from the whole situation with Joe, you know, bur- I mean, as he burned stuff again, I mean, Joe burned all the files. And I think it's really interesting, the fact that, you know, first we have this mysterious fire claiming that Joe was at some um, uh, funeral, I think. And then later, he's clearly burning all this shit, you know, so... It kind of makes me think like that Joe had a hand in it. Well, I, and, you know, it could be either way. It could be Joe. I wouldn't put it past the Kirkman dude because he could easily, he said, you know, he ran that whole studio. He could easily go in and hard drive all that stuff and then, yeah, and then and burn like, it. Yeah, also then, talking about like even having the footage of him like, you know, killing, you know, the animals to feed the, you know, lions and tigers. I mean, that could be used against him. You know, so well, yeah, and, and that footage was destroyed as well. Well, yeah, because so well, it could be he could yeah. he could be an accessory. Him videotaping that stuff would make Kirkman an accessory to it. And Kirk, yeah, another reason, it, 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 another and, and I believe I even think they mentioned that Carol reached out to Kirkman, saying, you know, be careful what you're getting into, you know. And I think she probably even offered him a little bit of grain, you know, if he could possibly come up with some dirt, you know, on Joe. Well, but, I, I, um, feel, I feel like uh, you know, it looked like... When it, something is filmed, when something is filmed, if it's good, 
or bad, the fact that you have something documented, it could be used against you in the court of law, whatever, however they're presenting it. So, yeah. you know, that was definitely, I mean, if there was footage in there that could have um, convicted him uh, on stronger counts, even though this was beforehand, um, you know, that definitely raises the question as well. Yeah, uh, but I believe either I I wouldn't just ixnay Kirkman from the lineup because there's a, I feel like there's multiple reasons why he'd want to do it too, you know because out of out of hard drive it of course like I don't think all that thing all of it was lost I think that he probably he, if he was to do it he could have hard drived it and got rid of it because of the accessory stuff which isn't just killing lions it's also Joe, uh, Joe threatening. Carol's life is all you know is also puts Kirkman in a position because he filmed it, so he was a part of it. As well as he could, when Joe when he was worried about Joe, when him and Joe had that weird issue where they're like, "Well, I do own own all of it. I own everything." Joe could very easily take that footage and just sell it out from under him. So I think that was another reason why another possibility of why Kirkman could have burnt up the shop because. Um, you know, he'd take the footage and then get rid of Joe's footage, you know what I mean? But I, I don't know, because Joe was real weird. After When they did that whole, like, GoFundMe thing, it was very... As the show went on, Joe seemed to have gotten a little more faker and faker and faker uh, in his sincerity, you know what I mean? With not just yeah, I mean, people, but situations. I agree with you. I think his superficiality definitely came more to the forefront, you know, I think after those events, you know, unfolded because it was after that he was really going for, like, the whole president thing and then the whole governor thing, which, you know, didn't work in his favor. It's almost like he completely was forgetting about the animals in the first place. Right. You know, he's forgetting he's forgetting why he is the Tiger King. But it, 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 it's like he, he wants something bigger. He wants something grander. And I think he just lost sight. Um, at some point, and that's unfortunately where the animals almost didn't become too much part of the show. It was just this crazy power trip that he just wanted so much to be, you know, famous, so much to just want something that was beyond his grasp, and even in his head, he was a celebrity, which is nice to a certain degree, but he just wants it to be accepted by so many others and it's um you know when jeff Lowe came into the scene at that point you know of all of this political stuff going on um you know that was just even opening up you know more conversations just of how much of a disdain uh exotic has for basket and it just felt like a perfect situation for basically for Lowe and allen to just come in and set him up if that was the situation. But, you know, those guys shouldn't get off, you know, that easy either. I mean, this is a very complex story that has been documented. Where some people have said some stuff in front of camera and probably some stuff they said, you know, like turn the cameras off. I don't want to, you know, say anymore. Yeah. It's a lot of, I feel, I feel there are probably some situations where they probably could have said some stuff where they could have incriminated themselves. I'm sure they did. And sure yeah, and so um, I, and, and I feel that they did in certain places, and I think that's where the directors and you know were like, well, 
you know, let's let this let's let, let's hold on to this, and we'll we can maybe further this into part of the second season, if that allows us to. I mean, that Jeff, that Jeff character could have even been involved with that burning, because I'm sure he was up to all types of shady shit. Him and that Allen dude were running around being Shadyville, and like they said, I, cameras were running 24 hours a day, and people were mic'd up, uh, and I know that because there's a part where Jeff said he, he had to go into the dark side of, or like, you know, go f- like far away from the compound just to talk about Joe. So like yeah. everything was being mic'd and, and, and recorded. So like, I'm sure he said some shit that he probably doesn't want getting out either. So anybody really could have done it. And that Allen dude could have been the dude who burnt it down at his will, you know? So does anybody want to say anything else in kind of closing to this? No, not really. I actually like the fact that we just completely talked about, you know, Joe Exotic. I mean, it's just fascinating how how this show is just taken off and how people, you know, love it. People hate it. People are just talking about it. And I think it's really cool the fact that the three of us come together where we really don't know what direction we're going to go into, where we just keep this really fun cast down Tiger King and Joe Exotic. Yeah. Well. I don't know why. I mean, I thought we were talking like horror movies or, you know, the fun stuff that we usually do. But, you know, we've never done anything like this where we're kind of pop culture currents, or, or with me on at least. Yeah. But, I mean, this is this is different, but this is a lot of fun because we're talking about something that's in the public's eye and not, you know, fucking <laughs> Puppet Master or Dollman versus the Mind Toys or anything like that. I mean, I can talk a lot more than just horror movies. And this is a nice, you know, thing to open up the spectrum a little more. And you proved it tonight, Billy Boy. You proved it tonight. I'm glad I could. I mean, but, you know, I just, you know, hook, line, and sinker. Just, and it takes a lot for me. It takes a lot for me to watch something brand new. I mean, I didn't watch Stranger Things until Barbara Crampton said, you got to watch this show. And it was just a post. But a lot, when a lot of the new things come out, I'm usually the last one to the, you know, the event. But the way how this blowing up in popularity, I'm like, okay, I should either not acknowledge this and run away from it or just check it out and see how this is. And I'm glad I checked it out because I probably would have held off for a long time. But I'm glad I didn't. It's a mess of a show, but it's sure as hell entertaining. Alex Hawk is cruising Facebook right now. I'm watching him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. Well, I want to thank you gentlemen for coming on the show this evening. Anytime. It was a nice switch up. But, uh, it was a lot of fun. Hell yeah. If, uh, if Melissa has any other days she can't do, we'll call you in and uh, do it again. We'll figure out the Boom Basta cast. Uh, social distance ed- edition uh, of episodes and kind of get that popping again and uh, you know figure it out get some people some boombasticast boombasticast so, there it is actually for for boombasticast um, do you guys have any uh, new shirts or any product or anything that you guys have been 
working on or anything along those lines? We we actually one of our our, our new pal Mikey Bone Road uh, of Pennsylvania and uh, Bone Road. What's his company's name, Hawk? Do you remember? Uh. Uh, other than Bone Road, give me a second, see if I can find out. It's getting late, but anyway, yeah, my, our buddy Mikey, we met at the gathering, is uh, putting together some new artwork for us, a new logo oh, cool. design, and we'll be he'll be putting them on t-shirts for us. He's actually doing shirts. He's got some shirts for. Uh, he's doing a new design for Mostly Ghostly. He's doing a new Boombastic Films design. It's kind of a mashup design where he's going to do like his style but a boombastic logo and then he's going to do a boombastic cast uh logo which will be cool i've I, i've had i already told him kind of what i wanted um with i got an i had an idea for a design for boombastic cast and i had an idea for a design for mostly ghostly i shot them over to him and i said for a boombastic shirt, I just want you to kind of do because he's he does like sicko letters and like weird you know cool mashup stuff. So I just said in your own style, I want you to kind of create a boombastic logo for boombastic films, and then we'll do like a, a release of the shirts. And shock treatment has me and Melissa have been putting together some shock treatment shirts. We just figured out what color scheme we wanted for the shirt. Um, but we'll be, we'll be, uh, releasing that info probably, you know, probably closer to, you know, it's a tough time for shirts right now just because, uh, yeah. with everything going on and people are out of work, so they don't have a lot of money and it's just one of those things. So, that, uh, it's just kind of a little bit of a waiting game on that, but yes, um, all the podcasts, uh, are, except for. I started a new podcast for anybody out there listening called Behold a Pale Podcast. It, it talks about truth. It's like a truther type podcast with conspiracy theories discussed. Um, if anybody's looking for anybody follows our cast and they want to check out the new one, that's it. But uh, yeah, as of right now, there's merch being developed for everything. Everything except for Behold the Pill podcast. We'll probably get a couple shows into that before we start thinking about pressing up any merch for it. But yeah, for the other three big shows, which is Boombasticast, Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie, and Mostly Ghostly, um, those those three have um, some merch, some t-shirts and shit coming soon. How, how about Bill? What's Bill? What do you got coming up, Billy Boy? Um... Well, at this point in time, what I have coming up is uh, continuing to binge uh, Pawn Stars. Um, I am on season eight of 17 seasons. Um, but on a, I guess on a more serious note, like on a work note, you know, I mean, things have just, unfortunately, with everything going on, kind of, um, you know, Production's kind of quieted, you know, things have kind of shut down. I am just trying to just take this one day at a time. Um, you know, I'm getting back into illustrating even more. I'm getting back into sculpture. Um, you know, I'm just trying to keep myself busy. I, uh, I've been doing more writing. Um, you know, I'm just trying to be even more proactive and just, you know, more artistic overall just to help keep my sanity with uh, everything going on. But, um, 
you know, uh, um, I'm just, uh, you know, we're all in this together. And all we can do is just, uh, you know, take this one day at a time and just, you know, try to be kind to one another and be understanding. And, um, you know, just try to have decent heads on our shoulders more than anything else. You got a podcast coming? I heard there might, I heard there might be talks of a Bill Coin podcast, a talk show coming in the future. Well, um, there is something that is brewing, uh, something called uh, Deep Cuts with Coin, mm. um, which would basically it's basically me trying to figure out how to do a podcast, and I would just want to <clears throat> bring a series of people that I know that. Um, you know, I've worked with over the years to just, you know, Deep Cuts with Coin is basically just Billy Coin and associates, friends, just talking and having fun and, you know, just trying to make and do something entertaining that um, hopefully uh, the audience will enjoy. Cool. Me and the Alex Zerner Hawk will be on your show. Alex. Okay. Uh, I I, pro- I hope that both of you guys would be on the show, considering how wonderful on you guys. And yeah, <laughs> I'd love, love to do that. You know, getting you guys on and kind of, you know, I'll, I'll deep. Even, I'll even give you a break on my feet. Have those deep cuts, you know, and just kind of talk in areas with, that you're comfortable with and even areas that might just, you know, where we can open up and not say so much learn about each other, but just, you know, have a good dialogue and have... Uh, uh, you know everything you know about me, Bill. You know everything. I'm an open book. <laughs> I know. I, I know about, you know, your teddy bears and your closets and your tea parties and your... You know, when I close my eyes, Hawk, you know, I, I shudder when I think of you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you all later on the Shock Treatment Show without Mel, but Maddie, <laughs> with our guests, Alexander Hawk and Billy Coyne. Yep. Thanks very much. Have a good one.